0: Welcome to the geek to geek podcast where my voice is back. I'm back. It's all good. I'm Void. I'm here with my co-host Bij. I'm back too. Yay. We're talking about, let's dive in. We're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. We're a week behind now because life got in the way. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, we both saw it. So, let's start like we normally start. High level, no spoilers, thoughts. Um, Me, I liked it a lot. I think it was probably better than the first movie for me. But I can easily see someone making the opposite argument, which is fine. Um, It's just probably my dislike of origin stories. So there was no time like assembling the team this time around. They just jump in, and it's funny from like the first minute. And I really like Baby Groot, and it's honestly it's kind of more of the same compared to the first movie. But not not in a bad way. Like if you like the first movie, you'll probably like this one. And that's kind of all I can say without spoilers.
1: Yeah. I mean, this one was pretty much exactly what I expected out of a Guardians of the Galaxy sequel that whenever they announced, I was like, yep, this is what we'll get. And sure enough, that is exactly what we got. It wasn't Empire Strikes Back Dark or anything
0: like that. Yeah. And I like that. I mean, I I thought it was Fine. It didn't push the boundaries. And I feel like I don't actually nope. have as much to say about it as I have the last few MCU movies we've talked about. And part of that might be because unlike the a lot of the other movies, it didn't really try to tie in to the bigger MCU. Like there were no. no. Well, I don't want to say what there were right. and weren't without getting into spoilers. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, and, you know, my overall thoughts are pretty simple as well. But I don't think it was as good as the first one. Because it it was more of the same that the first one was so at the time looking at it culturally, it was so different from everything else that they had done. And this one kind of had a sense of sequelitis. It was very proud of the aesthetic that it had come up with. And it was just very self aware that I loved how it jumped in immediately like that's what they were doing but it was kind of jarring because it was so aware of itself for what it was doing as it as it started and I really liked it though I mean I, that's not even a complaint it's just I don't think it's as strong of a movie overall because it's a sequel if that makes any kind of sense I thought that the language and jokes actually detracted from it sometimes like there was a little more cursing in this one and like instead of euphemisms and innuendo like he made a jackson pollock reference in the first one like if you've shown a black light on the ship it would look like a jackson pollock painting which if you don't know what that means you don't know what that means and this one had went from those kind of innuendos to straight up penis jokes like there were a lot of penis jokes in this one and there were a lot of kids in the audience because the first one was kind of clean and this one had more a little more language and jokes like that in it that i was like oh man that's weird. It just it made me notice the humor in this one in a different way. I don't know if you
0: noticed that at all. Um a little bit. I I don't know. I guess I don't usually get hung up on language or like unless it's like really in your face bad. I I usually don't even yeah. think about it and I don't think it was to that extent but now that you mentioned no, it No no like now that you mention it yeah I mean you're right you're not wrong it's just it's not something that I even really noticed or jumped out at me
1: and I'm not sure what it was but it was kind of like when you're watching uh Age of Ultron And Captain America keeps pointing out and going, language. That that was kind of the way this one was. It stood out to me because it was so stark against the rest of it. So Tony Stark against it? Uh? Huh? Huh? I'm I'm sorry. Um, And then I love that the trailers gave nothing away about the story. That you see the trailers and it's essentially everything from the first ten minutes of the movie. And that was great, but I didn't think there was a whole lot of real story going on. It was one where there wasn't a narrative that pushed everything along. It was just a series of things that happened to the crew, which is a way to tell a character story, but it hits on one of my English teacher pressure points that this is not how you tell a story, that there is no motivating action behind it. There's no real conflict. It's just stuff keeps happening and they're not really making any decisions. And even when, well, I'll talk about that in a little bit because that's actually kind of a spoiler. <laughs> but there's one decision that's made and it doesn't even feel like it's a decision to me.
0: Okay. Um, and I can see that. I and I think what someone said when I was talking to them about it was it felt like if they decided to take the Guardians of the Galaxy from the first movie and turn it into like a super high production value TV show and then stack like two or three TV show episodes together. And Yeah, that's that, exactly like, what it felt like. That's not a bad way to describe it. Like stuff is happening. But it's not like it's not necessarily like really driving the pace. And like, Mm-mm. you're right. The story doesn't go a whole lot of places. It's just kind of like stuff happens to them in a sequence. And there's a lot of jokes and it's entertaining. But and it's, it's entertaining. There yeah, is, it is there's entertaining. not a lot of
1: substance, but it's fun. And I want to see it again. You know, all of that. I mean, it was people I like saying and doing funny things. It's that's what I wanted out of this movie. And I got it. It just wasn't the avengers or the first guardians to me but i loved it and i will be buying this one when it comes out and i haven't
0: bought an mcu movie since before ant-man okay that's cool okay let's get into like spoilers now so here's your official warning um but like along those lines i thought the story was perfectly serviceable but it didn't wow me. right like yeah you know i was there for the character interactions and the laughs and i got that and that's yes, kind exactly. of exactly Like, that's all I expected from this movie, and that's exactly what I got. And, I mean, and this is what I almost said before, but um, besides one mention of an Infinity Stone, which is, like, offhandedly talking about the first movie, you know, and Nebula becomes, like, a good guy by the end. kind kind of? Beyond those two things, there's, like, almost no greater ramifications in the MCU. Like, everything else was just about stuff that happened to the characters, and even some of that didn't even, like make the characters grow it just happened around them or to them
1: there was a little bit of growth i thought like there there were things that were discussed within the narrative that was set up and the relationships of the characters and we'll talk about some of that uh later i think when we talk about rocket and some of the stuff that was going on with him you know the relationships and how he was driving people away but where there was some some growth but at the same time it wasn't narrative growth it wasn't Greater MCU growth. It was kind of like Drax being a little more self aware or a little more aware
0: of other people, that yeah. kind of thing. And, you know, I actually liked Drax a lot more in this one. And you can tell that yeah. like, he's grown as a character and like he's in a different place in his life or development or something. But yeah. over the course of this particular story, he doesn't necessarily grow at all. But it's like we there's definitely something that happened between one and two where he's in a different place. And I liked him a lot more because of the way that he was presented in this one. I thought he was funnier, honestly. I thought he was
1: funnier because he wasn't so angry. And that was one of the things in the first one that you have Drax doing all the time because he's trying to get revenge. And when he's not fueled by revenge, he's this kind of happy, funny, silly guy. And I liked it
0: a lot. Yeah. And so not just. Drax but like baby Groot also totally worked for me <laughs> yeah and I don't I know some people are like annoyed that he's just a cute little baby Groot but I really like the opening sequence with the monster the giant monster battle going on yeah and part of it was just like you know the the filmmaker and me just loving that you make this giant battle and the thing we're focused on the entire time well until the very end is baby Groot just dancing around even though all this yep. other crazy stuff's happening in the background like I loved that. I thought it was so well done.
1: It was very well done. And I was afraid, though, as much as I loved that scene, I was so glad that they didn't continue that throughout the movie because it would have been really easy for James Gunn to have made this the baby Groot show. And they didn't. He was in there a lot. He was great. He was probably the highlight of the movie overall but they didn't make it the baby Groot show even though it started out looking like it could have been and i thought that was a great filmmaking decision to to get that focus out of the way establish it and then just let him be there
0: yeah and like i liked him in the end, too, where he was like more critical, you know, like when he helps them <laughs> escape from uh-huh. the cell they're in. I liked that part a lot. I laughed at a bunch of those jokes. I in laughed there. so hard
1: at that part when he's escaping and bringing all of that stuff back. I know that the people beside me were laughing at me because I was cackling and snorting, laugh, just going so hard at the jokes and him coming back and doing all of that. It was great. Like, I loved that part. That was my favorite part of the movie. And then, like, I love how he's a real baby baby like he's putting things in his mouth and he like they have to like pat him out I was like no don't put that in your mouth don't eat that and it's just like in the middle of battle because he's a baby like he's a toddler he's doing things like a toddler does and it's great
0: I really I laughed a bunch when they when Rocket had to talk him through pushing the button multiple times and then at the very end where it was actually like critical to the plot that he pushed the right one like yep I like that sequence a lot too so like like the- I said baby Groot Totally worked for me like basically the entire movie
1: yeah pretty much i don't think there was a time in the movie where i didn't want to see more of baby Groot, but appreciated that they didn't go overboard with it
0: yes i agree i wouldn't have wanted like any more than we got but i also didn't ever feel like it was just like jammed in there to be more so it was a good balance and then like rocket and yondu I thought they had the most character development in the whole movie and like Nebula did a little bit too. But yeah. most of the other characters didn't really change a whole lot. Even though Star Lord had like some of the biggest interactions, I don't feel like yeah. he actually changed, changed. at all. Changed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that's not like a bad thing. It's just an observation that I made about the movie.
1: Jennifer and I were talking about that and we liked how and and she put it really well in that this movie didn't shy away from that kind of Over sentimentality that the first one had—that like we're friends and we can do this because we're friends. We're a family here, and that was one thing that I think with Peter that they did with Star Lord that they did really, really well in making it so that even at the end, after he went through all of this stuff, that it still came back to that. But I'm human. But I'm half human, and I care about these people, and it while he grew to that point that was already who he was so that's why it feels like it wasn't necessarily character growth
0: yeah yeah i can see cuz it was that. already
1: part of where it was in the first one and he he did that and he liked that and it was it was just something that they they elaborated on it feels like more than building and then i thought though that i liked the the rocket and Yondu stuff i thought that it felt kind of forced because I just thought that Star-Lord and Rocket were bantering. It never felt, it felt like it, I don't know, it felt just so like Mal and, and Simon in Serenity after they had already established all their relationship in the TV show that they just needed somebody to have a conflict with them uh, on the crew. And that's kind of the way Rocket and Star-Lord felt. It was like, yeah, I mean, they banter, They they would butt heads, but like, making them stop being friends because of that. That wouldn't happen with these two. That wouldn't happen with star Lord because of the way that he is. That was just part of his character. And so for them to try that, it felt to me like they were, they were just trying to have a conflict to put rocket ahead at the end of the movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And it's like, they kind of resolved that conflict in the first movie and then they did almost Mm -hmm. like a soft reset for this one, just so they could retread some of that ground and get like more emotion out of it when they really didn't have to like we, they cover that already but um, i mean that's in hindsight when i was actually watching the movie like it it was fine i it didn't trip me up or make me stop and be like that's right. wrong you know it's just sitting back thinking about it it's kind of like yeah yeah they probably could have done something better there
1: it was just that one moment where uh star lord is leaving and rocket is staying behind with nebula and he was like uh, something about you know if, if you don't I don't even remember how he put it was what makes you think that you're not pushing us away or something like that. And I'm like, you wouldn't be pushed away by that Star-Lord. You're too nice. Everything that I know about you is that you're too nice about this. And I was like, you wouldn't leave that raccoon. I was just like, that was the only point where it like that took me out. I was like, that's not
0: you. Don't do that. Why are you so mad? Why, why are you having such a bad day, buddy? So I wanted to know what you thought of like Ego, the planet and the, you know, Star-Lord superpower thing, because I don't think it really worked for me. Like it had ah. really, really good special effects. You know, the visual yes. effects were there. The entire movie had great visual effects and the planet and the superpowers at the end and like making the ball out of light like all of that in terms of the way it looked and felt was fine but i didn't right like i don't know I, the fight just didn't feel like it had weight to me it wasn't that interesting yeah. it was almost like that neo in the matrix against agent smith type of thing where they can do anything but then because yep. they can do anything and they're equally powered it's just kind of boring
1: i felt the same way about the fight and i didn't care that was one thing about it i just didn't care because i i i don't know there was something about him being a planet that while i understand kind of felt like a star killer base thing in the force awakens we're like yep we've done this before i've seen this when uh dr strange fought dormammu this is it kind of had that same kind of feeling that spatial effects were great it was uh but i thought it went so fast from i made a ball to Peter, use your heart. It's like, I'm Pac-Man! And it's like, I'm I'm just glad he got his giant stone Pac-Man. Like, that's what I'm glad of. Like, he made Pac-Man. And he didn't get his giant statue of him, but he got to make Pac-Man. It's like, but <laughs> I don't... I love that part of it, but you're right, it didn't have any weight to it. That it just kind of... It was there. It was fun. It was fine. It was
0: pretty. There was no, like, actual danger to it or, like, any drama or tension. The tension was, like, around the other characters escaping while they were Mm -hmm. duking it out. And that part worked for me. But, like, the actual fight itself, I didn't feel any tension at all. I was like, yeah, well, they're going to win, obviously. Like, it'll be fine. And
1: one of the things that I... I don't even know how to put it on it. Uh, it's not a Guardians issue. It's, I'm really tired of final fights in summer action blockbusters. I went back and rewatched, or not rewatched. I went back and watched Independence Day it Resurgence a few weeks ago, and it's exactly what you f- what you said. It was. it was exactly what I thought it would be. But I and I liked it up until the very final part when there was the giant uh, alien queen thing that was running at them. I I got bored. It was just another big special effects fight, and that's what this one was too. I I'm looking forward to something that's not that.
0: Yep, me too. I'm I'm right there. I think you know that worked ten years ago. It worked. 20 years ago like if you had a big special effects moment at the end of the film to tie it all off it was great but now it's like if you don't tie that in with something that has real weight or real like drama or danger or like emotion behind it it's just kind of flat and Uh you can you can feel that through it that there's no real tension underneath it um But yeah, and I know this isn't how most of the
1: movie going public feels. I know that a lot of people love that kind of thing. And that's what, you know, that's why the summer blockbusters are the summer blockbusters, but it's also why I don't go to many of them anymore. It's why I don't watch a whole lot of the, uh, the giant action movies and special effects things. It's just like, I've seen this before and you're not bringing anything new to me.
0: Yeah. But okay. So back to guardians, like, right, right. Sorry. That was a tangent. No, it's all good. Like I, I agree with you. It's a good tangent. Um, I, you said you liked Mantis a lot, right? I, it, did. I thought she was okay. She was fine. I didn't hate her. I didn't love her. I thought she was okay.
1: I just really liked her because I love Anya and Buffy. And she, like, when she first became a person, a, a human in Buffy instead of a vengeance demon, she was learning how to be a person. She was learning how to interact with people. And she was even learning how to speak in a lot of ways to interact with people. And that was how Mantis was that she just felt so, she had that innocence meets pedantic speech it was it was just interesting to me and i just i just felt immediately familiar with her because of how much i connected with anya and buffy
0: okay that's fair enough like i, I don't feel like i have any deep thoughts about her i thought she was okay i yeah i want to see more of her as a character before i really make a judgment I'm fairly neutral on her.
1: Yeah, and uh, I have her character in Marvel Future Fight, and I haven't really played with her yet. So I I look forward to that. Now that I've seen her in uh, in Guardians the movie, the the Guardians Two here, so that I know you know who I'm who I'm controlling. I still play Future Fight some, by the way, which is still astonishing because it's a mobile game, but. Did you, you
0: you stayed after the credits, right? I'm assuming you did. I did. Yes. No, I watched all of the post credit scenes.
1: Yeah, where they had like four post credit scenes or something in this one, like it was crazy and, and they were all fun. Um but I loved Teenage Groot. I, I, I just loved I am Groot. Just like the way that they were able to get the, the teenage angst and eye rolling in him playing a video game in his messy room. I adored. I absolutely adored that.
0: I thought it was really predictable. Like I, I completely expected that to be. Oh, yeah. One of the ending credits, like after the credits scenes. I It was OK. I don't know. I hope that then whatever next movie, which is what Infinity War is what they're going to yes. be in. I hope we don't see Teenage Groot. I hope it's just a way for them to kind of uh, like I think you said, like bridge the gap to adult group.
1: Yep. Yeah, and I think so, because teenage Groot. Yeah, well, baby Groot is a gimmick. That was funny at the end of the first one. You had dancing baby Groot. And so everybody loved it enough that you put him in the second movie instead of having Groot be an adult. That's great. It worked so perfectly well. For one a It's a, you it's can a do one it off one gimmick. Movie. Yes. You do it for one. And then if you have teenage Groot or adolescent Groot or however you want to say it, that's not going to fly because like I fell in love with Groot and I want to see him now that that I've seen this transition. So there was a good way to show how much time had passed, all of that between these movies as well. And like the story moving forward and that he does go through these stages. But as a clip, it's great. As a movie, I think I'll get really frustrated with doing with seeing that
0: yeah i agree and then i i actually like looked up the other end credit scenes because okay i didn't have a lot of context for them like i've never been a guardians of the galaxy reader or a comic yeah guy. i didn't
1: get and, almost anything extra in this that they added in like guardians is not something i know about and i haven't even sat down to look them up so i cannot wait for you to tell me about some of these
0: well and like for me I most other you know, I don't read a ton of comics, but at least most of the other movies that end credit, post credit thing, I have just enough context that I'm like, Oh, I know what they're talking about. And right. this time I had no idea for anything except for really? like, teenage groot. So yeah, I, I looked it up and um so Adam Warlock, I guess, is a big deal in the Marvel yes cosmic universe which is uh-huh. the only thing in the cosmic universe right now is guardians but thor, thor? the other thor this summer yeah. is going to be also yeah um and adam warlock is the one that was in that cocoon chamber thing at the end with the golden people that i already forgot their name because they're very forgettable the sovereign
1: sure they're the sovereign and that lady's name is aisha
0: yeah okay why not and He's in there, and they're growing the perfect being or whatever. And I looked him up just enough to know that he's a big deal in the Marvel Cosmic Universe, and he ties into the Infinity Stones story. Yeah. So it seems like he's going to be somewhere in the Infinity Stones story, but not necessarily in like the first Infinity War movie. He might come along later or something.
1: Yeah, Gunn, James Gunn did an interview recently where he said that Adam Warlock was not going to be in Infinity War, which, that's all he said, uh, he's not going to be in Infinity War, he'll be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe later, but he's not going to be in Infinity War, which basically to me means he's going to be in Infinity Gauntlet, the second one, or whatever they call it. I'm assuming it's going to be called Infinity gauntlet and that's where he's gonna be because that was the big story that that people my age and our age really know adam warlock from and i mean i don't know a lot about him other than he was there he has something to do with the soul gem and he he's kind of this cosmic just super being and uh, controls all this and protects people and protects the infinity Gems.
0: yeah you you got Basically, as much as I know, and I don't think all of that is perfectly accurate, but I think it's close right. enough be- that they-, they have to reinvent characters like that when they come into the Marvel Cinematic Universe anyway. So it's close enough to have context going into it, right? Yeah, so that exactly. Was that end credit scene. Um, the one with the second in command guy who got the arrow, that was just it, it was nothing from the mm. comics. It's just hinting that like he's going to be a-, a Ravager captain next time. Probably, mm. you know?
1: Right. And, okay, how did he get a fin? They burned Yondu's fin, and he had one of the head fins, and I thought that was the only one left, or did I get that, or did I completely miss something? Because he, that shouldn't have, like, he shouldn't have had the head thing. I don't know. Maybe
0: there was another one around. You can hand wave it a bunch of ways, strong hand yeah, Woo-hoo. I don't think they actually explained it, but I think you can hand wave it pretty easily, um, yeah, but the other thing I thought was interesting was that group of ravagers at the end that had all the different captains, and they kind of like got together like it was a big deal. Did you understand that one
1: i I didn't I'd seen some of those characters before, but other than that, I mean they looked familiar ish like I'd seen I'd seen. Art from somewhere with them in it, but I don't know anything at all about them. they they were they look like space pirates.
0: Okay, so from what I got, and again, not being a comic book guy, I did as best I could researching this. Um, I think what it is is the original Guardians of the Galaxy comics were actually a very super far future version of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and hmm. it was totally divorced from like everything in the modern um, Marvel world at the time, and that was this set of characters essentially hmm. and when they went to modernize guardians and bring it back they made them kind of what we know and love today you know okay. from the movie and brought it back to this timeline as like you know these are like the original guardians um, okay so it looks like those ones that were getting together are the very first guardians comics ever made that in the comic universe is way super far ahead in the future, but it looks like they're kind of reinventing it for the MCU so that yeah. maybe this was like a precursor version of the guardians instead of a future okay. version. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. It's it's yeah. Yes. So that's what it was. It was like,
0: A different version of the Guardians getting together and maybe they'll show up again. Maybe not. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that'll be cool. They'll probably be in one of the Infinity movies as, uh, you know, doing something since they did that at the very least as a team. And then, you know, either get killed with one of the stones and be brought back by Adam Warlock or whatever.
0: And before we wrap up on Guardians, because we have a lot of geekery I want to get to. I'm excited. Um, I It's funny. I just noticed, like, we're at the end of our notes for Guardians, essentially. We didn't talk about Gamora once. I think she no. was criminally underused in this movie. From she everything was. I've heard from other people, she's supposed to be, like, one of the most, like, badass killers in yeah, the galaxy. And she is. she never is like that in these movies. She's just kind of there to be, like, a female love interest for Star-Lord. And... It's it's not even something that I noticed until like now, right? Weeks later, thinking about, I'm like, why isn't Gamora on this list? And yeah, it, it didn't take me more than a couple seconds to kind of put together, like, oh, they didn't really use her well, and uh-uh, they didn't use her and that like, well she's in the first to be movie like, either. I've-
1: and she's supposed to be like the deadliest woman in the galaxy. Right. And it's like she's not in this. Though I will say that she she impressed me in one of the best like visual sequences of the movie when she and Nebula are fighting and they have her pick up the spaceship's like turret on her shoulder and just walk and blow up a spaceship with its own gun. That like the, the Rock to did that in in Fast and the Furious 6. He ripped a minigun off of a helicopter and and it was just fantastic and when gamora does that when uh, zoe saldana does that in guardians i just absolutely loved seeing that and it showed how powerful gamora is but other than that and having you know this sister fight no they didn't use her at all like they should have that gamora is like you said supposed to be super badass
0: yeah, so uh, I don't know. I guess I hope they do better next time she's on screen, but yeah, who knows what to expect? I mean, they haven't done well with her so far, so it's probably going to be more of the same, probably. Probably. And that's sad.
1: Yeah. I mean, it goes back into the Black Widow stuff and Marvel not really focusing on the female characters as much as they are in the comics and making them be as as powerful and and. I don't even know if powerful is the right word, but as, as you, utilizing them as well as the comics do. Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay, any last thoughts on Guardians?
1: I liked it. It's I don't know where it ranks in the overall structure because there's getting so many uh, movies in there now, but... It's going to be up there because I like it and I hope this franchise continues a long time. Like, I look forward to the third one now.
0: Me too. Yeah, I liked it a lot. So I'm excited for the next time they appear on screen, which is what Infinity War and then I'm excited. for Infinity War, I think. Whenever volume three is, I will definitely be watching it. Yeah. Okay, let's dive into. Oh,
1: oh, oh, I did have one more thing that I forgot completely about that I just thought about because you said volume three. And it reminded me of how volume two came because his mom gave him this mixtape that was awesome mix volume two. Right. Yeah. In this at the end of this one, he got a Microsoft Zune right yeah. so he which i thought was absolutely hilarious that he got a, a Zoom that was like this new earth technology that had 300 songs on it. Like it it just made me so happy but the day before i had the day before i went to see this i had posted on facebook that vice did an article on the microsoft zune and how it's not being supported anymore but it's still being used by so many people who are diehard zune users because they can take a beating and just not die and they have all this other stuff going for them that never caught on and there was a link that i read of just people writing in why they still loved their zune and then some of our podcast buddies were commenting on it talking about how they still had uh they still had their Zooms, and it just made me so happy that uh uh robbie at uh side quest fitness and uh kenny at uh uh uh, dumbbells and dragons were talking about it and kenny still uses his his zune and it just made me laugh so hard i'm like wow a zune i'd forgotten about that man people still use that and then like the next day guardians has a zune in it and i i just i just died because it was like they it's like james gunn pointed at me he's like there you go bj that's one for you dude zunes were
0: awesome at the time i had one i loved it I don't use it anymore. It might be buried in a closet. I might still have it. Probably not. But they were really cool at the time. Okay, let's I, dive into our geeky offer of the week. Uh, this week we have Audible. I'm going to pull up, as I have a lot lately, something from my geekery into a book recommendation. So if you guys don't know by now, um, audibletrial.com slash geek geek geekcast you can get a free audiobook. Helps out the podcast. Everybody wins. Um, My book recommendation for the week is Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. Have you heard of this one?
1: I've heard of it, uh, or at least I've heard of Blake Crouch, and I think that's one that I've heard of of his. It seems really familiar, but I haven't read it.
0: Okay, so I got it recommended to me, and people wouldn't really tell me what it's about. So as I do often, I'm going to spoil the premise because I think otherwise, why would you even read a book without knowing a little bit about it? Um, It is essentially about like the multiverse and how every choice creates parallel universes. Right. Right. And he is like a physicist that decided not to pursue his career path in like research and instead went down like an academic path and had a family and kind of settled for, you know, like a quote unquote normal life. Um, Mm -hmm. And another version of him went off and did all the research and found out how to access the multiverse and then comes oh. and switches lives with him and dumps oh. him back into the other world. So huh. that all happens within the first chapter. Like, I'm, I'm not uh, spoiling okay. anything big here. Um, that happens, and then it's all about the fallout of that. And, you know, it, it just knowing a little bit about multiverse theory, because that's the kind of person I am. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the book wasn't super surprising for the first quarter or so. And then a big event happens where I don't even want to spoil it, but something happens and it hooked me and I was like, I am going to finish this book today. And I read the rest of the book in a day. So like, you know, seventy-five percent of it. Sally. Yeah. It was really, really good. And I listened to probably most of it. I was listening while I was actually I was cleaning the house as my mother's day gift to my wife so i was cleaning and listening to audiobook um but yeah i can you know for listening to almost this entire book i highly recommend it on audible it was really good so check out dark matter by blake crouch or any other book you could possibly want to listen to on audible you can get one for free on us audible com slash geek to geek cast and with that it's time for our weekly geekery where we share what we've been geeking out about this week why don't you go first
1: Uh, I've been watching The Handmaid's Tale still. it's I've caught up last night and a new episode comes out tomorrow as of this recording and it's so good. It just keeps getting better and better. If you guys are not watching The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu, you really really should be. It is just fantastic and I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago just how the third episode made me physically sick on a philosophical level that it affected me physically and it's just so good. Like It is getting so much better and i can just see everything i just love it and i have the kindle version and i haven't read it yet and i'm really thinking about picking up the audiobook to listen to for this one just because i really want to see how the book handles this because i know they've modernized it it came out in 1985 so they've modernized it a lot for uh, the current the current world honestly and it was in production like i said before all of the current uh, the the absolute right-now politics that are going on. and uh, But I'm interested to see how it was in 1985 with these still these same kind of dystopian ideas. So it's super good.
0: Like, you need to watch it. I will. I will. I'll catch up one of these days. Or at days. least try. Just, at least no, see if I'll, you like it. I'll try it. I'll probably watch however many episodes are out one of these days just in one shot binge it.
1: Yeah, I get that. I think you would like this one. I and probably then will. I... I may have restarted playing World of Warcraft again this
0: week. I see that. But How's that going? I found,
1: I found a I found a $20 code for Legion, and I was like, oh, I can do that. And I'm playing a Demon Hunter, and he's at level 106 now, and I really, really like it. I'm playing Tanky Demon Hunter, and they can't die. That I don't know if you played one of the Vengeance ones, but I... I can't make myself die that they take so little damage and heal themselves so much that they just can't die while leveling. And at one Oh five, I was able to kill a level 110 elite uh, wow. in Suramar. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Like- it's it's insane, but it's super fun. I can definitely see that I won't be sticking out for the long haul on this, that I'm not going to you know, play it and do the whole rating with the guild thing, making it my part time job or anything like that. And there's just so much of a grind for the artifact and artifact knowledge and artifact power and just all of the, the points and reputations that you have to get up in this one. But it's fun. It's very good, and I like the content that I'm seeing so far, and I'm going to see through all of the Raid Finder stuff and continue playing with it and and just just go about and have fun and explore because this one is very much an exploration uh expansion it feels like to me or at least i'm looking at it that way and it it's working
0: yeah keep us in the loop as you keep at it
1: and you got to 110 didn't you You got to max level when you went back or did you just give up
0: no i gave up i got bored i i got to a zone i didn't like and then i was just like "Eh, i'm out i think i was around level 107 or 108 something in there yeah yeah, and I, I'm not liking Stormheim
1: as much as I thought I would, but it's I like it. It's it's good enough. I liked the other zone better, so I think that I think that some more of it will keep my attention more. But yeah, I won't I won't keep playing it for an extended time. Um I also have been working, so so this ridiculous uh uh job that I had, this this temp job of setting up events and 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 tents and all of this that just beat the living crap out of me did get me into being their web guy. I'm going to be their their tech guy. And It was a way I found out later I I don't think I even texted you this when I came in for a software training that they were having uh, later last week uh, the the, one of the owners who I know he was like Ah, so you showed up and I was like well yeah he was like that's what we needed he was like you came back day after day after day and apparently that's what they've had problems with people doing that when things got hard they just never showed back up again and so it was one of the things where they legit needed help doing this and uh, because of that they were hiring temps anyway and it was a way to see if I was actually part you know I had a work ethic and I did I beat myself up and uh, uh, got the job and I've been working on their websites they got hacked so I'm having to basically replicate their stuff on a new server and they're using X theme and cornerstone with WordPress did you ever have to use this I know that we've talked some about the builders and you got me using ultimatum and visual Computer. Composer, and we've talked about Divi, but have you ever used X and Cornerstone?
0: I don't think so. I've touched a ton of different like setups with WordPress, so I might have, yeah. but it—I don't specifically remember it.
1: I don't like it. I don't like this one at all. It—it's one where it is. It's so limiting after being from the others. I understand exactly why they went with it when you don't have a professional doing it and someone with experience who knows what it is. And I totally understand. It is good for that. But then you have somebody like you and me who I I just want to pull my hair out sometimes because I can't even duplicate an entire column in the visual builder that yeah, i have that to duplicate Ele- yeah element by element not even column or section by section it's it's frustrating just on s- silly little things like that where where i'm just And I'm not even having to do any high-level stuff. It is just replication and, like, product inventory stuff right now. And so just these themes, I highly suggest Ultimatum or Divi above this for any of you guys out there who are looking at doing any kind of uh, design and and dev work with WordPress. I also I texted you this about the other night, and I didn't tell you what happened. uh, I think I texted you yesterday when I got this. So... Guys, I've been buying... Right now, beside me, I have four HTC Vives and an Oculus Rift sitting in the floor beside me. I found a a bargain hunt... In uh, here in Florence, Alabama, they had four vibes and a rift on sale, and the vibes were five hundred dollars each, and the rift was three hundred. So I dug into my I dug into my uh, nest egg of this is what we pay taxes and the mortgage out of uh, depleted it a pretty good way, and uh, decided that I was going to be reselling some some vibes and rifts, and I only bought one rift and one vibe to start with the C. That first night, they got bids on it where I would make about $300 on both of them. So I went back. Uh, somebody the next day had asked me if I would buy it now, but I, I already had a bid on it. So I went back the next day and bought three the three remaining fives, and I had someone buy it today, just straight up buy it now off of one of them for $784 for me. So I made almost $300 bucks off of that one. And it's like... These are new on $7.99 on the Vive store. Like, I don't quite understand why people are buying these from me and letting me resell it. And yes, I know I am that guy, but... flipping tech is something I'm really good at that when I told Jennifer about it and we looked and I was dropping over two grand of our savings on virtual reality headsets to resell. She just looked and was like, you have never not been able to sell something before. I trust you. If you think you can, you can do it. And then got all of that. And it's just like, wow. People really do buy these things like that, like it looked like they would. And so so I'm excited. I'm going to be able to to uh, to pay a few mo- a couple of months of uh, my more. Actually, I'm going to pay off my laptop with the money I'm making off of these.
0: Sweet. But are you going to try one?
1: I don't know yet because I don't uh, see sa- you're never well, going
0: to have a better time.
1: I'm not. And that's one thing that i thought about, but it's also the same issue that you have right now. I don't have room in my office to set up the Vive that the way that it's set up to put all of it to move around. since it has to be on a computer, I don't have a place to put it.
0: Okay. But drag it out to your living room for one night and actually experience it. Cause you're not, you're not going to buy. I know you, you're not going to buy this version of the hardware. You're not going to own it until at least version two or three or maybe never. So yeah. make the effort and just do it like just spend a night with it.
1: Does I do have a question about that because it may be easier for me to be able to use it on my new laptop on the MacBook Pro from 2016. Well, and I got a good one where it should be able to run everything and do it right. Is it Mac compatible? Do they oh, I have, have no idea.
0: I have no kinda, idea.
1: I didn't know if you used any of on your Mac or if it was your desktop on your Windows machine that you used it for. No, I never do PC gaming on a Mac.
0: I, I do it on my Windows machine. Okay, cool.
1: I probably will before these sell. But but yeah, um, I'm that guy and I'm really excited that I also feel like a tremendous jerk because dropping that much money at once feels really bad anyway. I hate it. And going in and just spending that much on virtual reality gaming made me feel kind of like a turd. I was just like, look at me buying these three virtual reality headsets. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, man, I don't know. But man. Yeah.
0: It's an investment. It's not like you're just it buying is. them. It's different. Oh,
1: yeah. And there's a 30 day return policy. So if I can't for anything, if you have the receipt. So it's like if these don't sell and, and make a bunch of money, which I think they will based on the evidence right now. It's um I can take them back and get my money back so it's a win-win for me either way. Sweet. Anything else this week? Um working on starting to run again um because I I getting fat to be completely honest like real fat like it's it's bad so i gotta start running again and i really am getting my head around it right now um the being physically active uh doing the event setup really helped but i pinched a nerve in my back and so i'm waiting on it so i can actually move around i can't lift one of my arms very high at all so I'm look at the while I'm doing that, I'm doing research for new running shoes because the Nimbuses that I have just don't work. And I'm going between the Ultra Paradigm 2 and the Mizuno Wave Rider 19. And I'm gonna have to go try them on, I think, because Sergeant Bilbo said that he has the Mizuno Wave Inspires and loves them, but they're a stability shoe and they don't work for me. So I need more of a neutral runner. And then my favorite shoe that I love, the Ultra Olympus, the new versions of it went from it went to a full trail shoe instead of a road trail hybrid, which I really liked the rugged durability of the first ones, but they've moved straight into being trail now. So I'm probably just going to get the road version of them with the Paradigms or the Wave Rider 19s, which are kind of the one of the higher end uh, Nimbus, Asics Nimbus level uh, cushioned shoes. So I'm looking forward to uh, trying out those. Those may be my new shiny I was talking about last week.
0: Most of that was good gobbledygook to me but i'm glad <laughs> you're excited about running again i gotta get back to running too but my problem is that i just got over a really horrible sinus infection which i'm sure is because my allergies are acting up so i checked the pollen count which i should have done weeks ago and it is True. literally off the charts right now in Minnesota for oh no yeah it's like you know out of 12 like their index or whatever it's like at 12 which means it's probably higher than that this just the scale doesn't go any higher so I'm kind of trying to stay inside until that dies down um can't blame you no we're in like the worst part of spring for it right now so give it a couple weeks I'll get back outside but right now I'm kind of being an inside person which I just don't want to get sick again it'll be fine um but yeah, I, I also have to get back to running. Um, so before I get into my geekery, did you want to ask anything about Thrawn? Because I know I mentioned it last week and we didn't get to talk about it. And I know you've read some of it in the past, right?
1: I've, I've read all. I read the old stuff. I don't know anything really about this new one. And how basically just how is it? Is it? I, it's I better even, than the old one. I, I like is it a it lot really? better than the old one. Yep. Really? Why?
0: I, I don't know, maybe it's a more modern writing style. But honestly, I just, I liked this depiction of Thrawn better. And a lot of it is from Thrawn's point of view, which I okay. think is super That's cool. Awesome. Because it's like how he's thinking through things and why he's doing what he's doing. And if it's not from Thrawn's point of view, most of the rest of it is from his like second-in-command's point of view, who follows oh. him throughout like everything that he does.
1: Do I have to have finished... Rebels season three to really understand
0: Thrawn. No, and in fact, what I was trying to get to last week, and maybe I was incoherent because I was sick, but it's actually better to read Thrawn first because it ties okay. into Rebels season three, but it happens before. I got you. Okay. Yeah. So I would read Thrawn before you go back to Rebels.
1: Okay, great. That's something I think I picked up the audiobook for it recently on Audible. But I don't remember if I did. Maybe it was something else. But yeah, that's that's one where I could definitely see the audiobook being great for it, the way that they do the production on Star Wars audiobooks.
0: Yep, yep. Next time you get a Star Wars itch, read Thrawn, and then it, you can probably transition from that into Rebels again, and you'll have a good time.
1: That was actually my plan if it was good to read before. I wasn't sure wh- exactly where it came in the in the narrative.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, And then Mario Kart 8, I'm still playing it a lot, especially with my daughter, because she loves Mario Kart. Um, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I keep forgetting to put the Deluxe on the end. Um, Did you have any questions about it? It's not that different.
1: It's not that different. That was really it, because I've been playing it on the Wii U, and it's fun. I really like it. But is the Deluxe worth the upgrade? Because I had initially thought about using my new Shiny to be getting a Switch, to, to buy a Switch, and... Mario Kart and Zelda are the games that I really want for it right now, and I've got Mario Kart and Zelda on the Wii U for the moment, so it doesn't seem like that's a very uh, very worthwhile investment.
0: I'll get it eventually for the Switch, but is it a
1: huge upgrade?
0: I mean, if you own a Switch, you should buy Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, but you should not buy a Switch to play mario kart 8 deluxe like okay. it's not a system seller it's not that different but it's it's the form factor thing like once you actually yeah. own a switch it fits into your life in so many different ways and it just fits so well with so many different lifestyles the more and more i talk to people the more i'm convinced of that and just being able to play it on the go i take it upstairs i play it in bed i throw it into a dock i play with my family like i've yeah. played more mario kart 8 deluxe than i have Mario Kart Eight, like okay. probably already maybe because it's just available, and that makes yeah. like such a huge difference in my life. So, yeah, um, it's good. The only real difference is having two items at a time instead of one. I think it really changes the game for the better. But outside uh-huh. of that, um, and like an improved battle mode because the battle mode in the f- original Mario Kart Eight was pretty junky. It was not yeah. that fun. Um, yeah, you told those me are about the that. Only two- yeah, those are the only two real improvements that are big, that are actually noticeable.
1: And I like that there are two items, because that's one of the things I loved about Double Dash, was that you had both characters, and you could each have a separate item to switch
0: between. Yep, and exactly. And so bringing yeah, that back is better. great. Yeah. Okay, so... My stuff for this week, um, I'm starting to look at the four job fiesta, which if you guys weren't listeners last year, the four job fiesta is a Final Fantasy five run that is done as a big community effort. And it's like, a half fundraising thing, but also half just it's a fun event you don't have to spend any money you don't have to donate you can just do it to kind of raise the awareness of it which is typically what i do um but in the four job fiesta um it, so in final fantasy 5 it has this very intricate job system and it's the first real fully fleshed out well done job system there were others before it but they weren't they weren't well done like Final fantasy 5 and in the four job fiesta you register and then you are given four jobs and those are the only ones you can use in the game. I um, mean, there are some rules around it, like when you have to switch to the job, like what you do before you have access to the job, things like that. And then one of the main ways to raise the money for the charity is that if you really hate one of the jobs you're assigned or you get stuck in the game because you just can't make it happen with your current jobs, you can pay a little bit of money to re-roll that job and get something else random, or you can pay a little bit more money to re-roll that job and change it to whatever you want. Um, And that's kind of the basic structure of the four-job Fiesta. So it's coming up here. It's going to be starting in, I think, a couple weeks. Um, I don't have any details yet. I'm just... I I know it's soon, so I'm starting to think about it. Are you thinking about doing it at all this year? Last year, you were like, maybe next year.
1: I thought about it, and i just don't think it's gonna be my kind of thing okay,
0: i don't think i would fine. ever
1: get through and finish it
0: yeah and i will probably play it again and last year i played it on my phone which is how i played Final right. fantasy five the time before that and that's probably what i'll do again because i always have it on my phone um Truth. the other thing this week i and i know i'm like years behind on this being a revelation but i started listening to 99 invisible um I had tried to listen to it in the past. It's a podcast, by the way. And I tried to listen to it in the past, and I think I must have just picked a couple bad episodes that I wasn't into. Um, So I've I've heard it recommended so many times, and it's always rated one of the best podcasts of all time, right up there with, you know, the serial, and this American life's of the world. And I was like... I, you know, I've totally caught up on podcasts. Um, I just listened to an audiobook, so I didn't want to dive right into another book. I was like, well, I'll give this another shot. Let me just scroll through because there's hundreds and hundreds of episodes and pick five that are actual topics that I'm interested in and start there. And when I did that, I really got into it. And now I'm just going and I'm listening reverse chronologically. So I'm working my way backwards Uh, through time, but I'm going through all like, 250 300 however many there are
1: so i'm looking at it on my phone right now as you're talking about it and i can't figure out what this podcast is
0: yes and that was one of the problems i always had with it i wasn't quite sure what it was it's about design but it's about design in everyday life so it could be like the objects around you it could be architecture it, it but okay. a lot of the time it's just about things that you don't ever think about because we take them for granted and where those things came from or what the thought is behind them or how they came about um it's all of these little things and sometimes it's almost like trivia and like fun stories about things and other times it's almost like revolutionary to hear how some of these things came about I guess that's the best way to describe it. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they self-describe, but it's something along those lines.
1: Yeah, that sounds actually pretty interesting. That's something I'm very interested in, too, that that I've been looking into and reading a lot more about design and that kind of uh, not necessarily civil engineering. That's a weird way to put it, but just how everything in the world is put together and good design is, I guess, like they said, 99 percent invisible
0: yep it's really really good so like I said I'm super late to the party on this one but if you guys are too I'm right there with you you should take a listen I was going to say take a look but that doesn't make sense um yeah I have 99%. a website you can look at it yeah it's good and uh, I also started re-watching When We Left Earth have you ever watched this one
1: mm-mm don't um, know anything about
0: it either it's a space documentary that was done by I believe Disney and okay. so they spent the money to like do it really really well um and it's basically the space program from the start of the space program all the way through like the space shuttle, like kind of the end of the space shuttle era. Not quite that far, but okay. somewhere in there. Um And I for a long time, I had it on my list to go back and rewatch this. And it was just one of those things that, like I said, I'm trying to rewatch a little bit more this year, replay a little bit more. So this is part of that. And I sat down and I started watching the first episode and my daughter, who I had already tucked in for the night came down she's like oh what are you watching and she loves space stuff but she has never actually like she doesn't sit down and watch TV with me. Like, she's hasn't ever been at that age yet. Like, right. she kind of squirms a little bit too much. She can't really sit still, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And she wants to multitask. And she was like, oh, Space, can I watch this? And I was like, you can watch it with me, and we can talk about it, and you can ask questions. But only if you'll actually sit and watch it. If you're going to get right. up all the time and be distracted, you're not going to watch it with me. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll try. And she sat down, and we watched three episodes back-to-back, which was just amazing for me wow so we did that and then she i was like do you want to watch more and she's like oh i really want to see the end of the apollo missions because i know apollo Uh 13 didn't make it to the moon because that's something that she picked up because she likes space and she's like i want to see the end of it but my body's tired she's like if i go to bed will you promise not to watch it without me and i said yes so i've been watching it with her whenever she has time so we're about. It's it's only like six or seven episodes, and we're like four or five episodes into it. We're almost done, but I'm Aww. going very slowly because I want to watch it with her, and that's y- really fun for me.
1: Oh, you have made my insides turn to goop. Oh, no. Aww. That's
0: kind of gross. That, um, that's but yeah. so it's, sweet. So if you guys like space... um this kind of ties into I don't know why I didn't think about this when we talked about documentaries the other week. but <laughs> Yeah, this this is one that I really, really like. It's, and it's super well done.
1: And I didn't even think about right now when you were talking about watching a documentary. It's just so normal for me to watch documentaries that it's, uh, it's just like, oh, yeah, documentary. And I didn't even think about how that's not really your thing.
0: No, but space is my thing. I like space too. I mean that's probably where my daughter gets the passion for it yeah that's true and i'm I'm huge into space too, so i'm gonna, is that on Netflix? uh, I don't know. It used to be, but i i that's not where I'm watching it. okay <laughs> I you. Gotcha. um i thinking about that with it being
1: kind of a series and it has nothing to do with it but it reminded me we're watching the Great British Baking Show or whatever it's called. Great I can't British remember exactly. Off. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, With it is Paul good. Hollywood and Mary, we've just discovered this, and it's so good. I love. You're it. You're a little
0: late to the party, but it's good. I yeah, am.
1: I am. I just wanted to say that's what reminded me. I was like, I'm just, I'm just happy about it. I found it. I'm late to the party, but I'm loving it. I always say that. I just want to go watch British people bake, and then that's what we do for the evening.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, and then after, like I said last week, I bounced off a ton of stuff. I finally grabbed onto something. Um, I got into Horizon Zero Dawn this last yeah. week, and. I I'm really mixed on this game because everyone hyped it up so much like it was a revolution and that was happening right when Zelda came out and I thought mm-hmm. Zelda was like revolutionary for open world games. Yeah, and people absolutely. Were, people were talking about Horizon Zero Dawn like it's just as revolutionary, if not more so than Zelda. And I was huh. like, oh man, I got to get back around to this game. And I started playing it. And it's not like it's basically just a continuing iteration, a continuing evolution of a typical open world game. It feels like it could have easily been made by like Ubisoft or, you know, it could have been like the Far Cry Primal successor or yeah. out of the same team that made Assassin's okay. Creed. Like I, I would have believed that. Um, it's not that it's bad. It's just that it was so hyped that when I got into it and I was like, oh, it's like it's, it's just an open world game. Like I was let down. Because of the hype, not because of the game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I want to make the I distinction do. there. Okay. Because and, it's
1: it, it's not it's not like No Man's Sky, where it was both hype and game that let you down. That, right. that it where it was hyped up to be fantastic and then you play it as like, oh, this isn't fantastic because the game has so many flaws in it, but this one is a good game. It's just that people reacted ridiculously for what the game itself is.
0: Right. So it's probably just an expectations versus reality thing for me that I've been trying to come to grips with. Um, it's good, but it's not actually doing that much new compared to all the other open world games I've played. And I've played a lot of them. Um, it definitely has a story to tell. And there's a main story. Um, the setting is cool. Like, I don't want to take away from that. And like I said, it kind of feels almost far cry primally, except robot dinosaurs and in the future um which is cool which is cool like the setting is cool it definitely is, is cool and the story is fine um i'm not that invested in the story yet even though i'm probably eight hours into the game so i keep hoping it'll pick up a little bit but Honestly like my biggest letdown was coming from Zelda, right? I just want to climb on everything and explore everything right. and like there are little rocks I should be able to jump on and she's just like she's jumping higher than the rock and she won't go on top of it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's just it's infuriating. <laughs> and the the saddest this game made me was when I tried to, like, walk over the edge of this cliff because I was trying to get to an area, and I was like, I bet I could jump down there and not die. That looks like an interesting place to be. And it just got this big warning on screen that said, can't enter this area. Like, it was just, it was a straight-up invisible wall. And coming from Zelda, where I can climb on everything and explore anywhere I want, it was just, it's such a letdown in terms of traversal. And, Uh like... One of my absolute favorite things about open world games is the traversal in them. If you don't give me interesting ways to go like across and explore your open world, I'm not going to enjoy it as much as you want me to. And that is the biggest problem I'm running into with this game. Like, you know, it's one of those things, you know how everybody holds up, what is it, Spider-Man 2 on like the PlayStation or PlayStation 2 as one of the best Spider-Man games ever? because of the web swinging. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh-huh. because it's the one that got it right. Um that's the kind of thing I'm always looking for in an open world game. Like I loved the original Crackdown because it was so fun to jump around in that game. And like uh- I would just jump all the time. And that was my favorite part of that game was the way you could jump. Um and this game's traversal is just like running and then climbing but when you climb, you only climb on things that are yellow. Like, it's so oh. blatant that, like, here's the spot you can climb, but you can't climb right next to it, even though it looks like you should be able to.
1: Oh, and coming from Zelda, that's painful yeah. because I would get latched on to things I didn't want to
0: climb. And I and... can't help but feel that if I had played this game before Zelda, I would have rated it much higher than it looks like I'm going to be rating it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that that sucks that sucks because of the time and effort that was put into this game and the quality that this game is but coming off of something that is just as wonderful as zelda it's it's like watching the avengers two hours before you go to see justice league it's just not a good idea
0: (laughs) yeah so if you know by now because you've been listening if you know that your tastes are similar to mine and you haven't played horizon zero dawn or zelda and you're looking at both of them Do the opposite of what I did. Play Horizon Zero Dawn first and then play Zelda. And I think you will have a better time than I am having. Um, But with that kind of stuff said, um, I still wanted to say like hunting dinosaurs is really fun in this game. Like it's cool. I mean, they're giant robot dinosaurs. What's not fun about that? It does have a bunch of the like collecting, crafting, upgrading type of open world stuff that at this point I'm kind of just a little bit sick of, um, you know, constantly stopping to just pick up another bush or piece of wood or whatever so I can keep making arrows.
1: It's That's like actually why I haven't picked up Ark Survival Evolved is yeah. because it's it's that that is the game and I don't enjoy that part of it very much
0: there's a lot of that in this game. And then one of the other things I'm running into and I feel like I feel like this is slowly getting revealed to me. It's not really a complaint, so much as something I've noticed that I'm still not really sure like how the game wants me to play it. Uh initially I thought it was kind of a choice of approaches like because they show you, right, that you can do like stealth or range or traps or melee and I thought that it was like, you pick one of those and you start going down the tech tree for it, right? But instead, I think that you actually have to use them all in conjunction with each other, and it never really explains that about your, like um. about itself. Like, I think you're supposed to use stealth to get close and lay a bunch of traps before you hit them with a stealth attack from range, and okay. then they run into the traps, and then you use a mix of melee and stealth and range again, but... It, it like doesn't do a good job of messaging that exactly, which I don't know. Maybe it's just me not being imaginative enough. Maybe I just need to play around with the systems more. Um, You're a systems I'm still guy. Having, you have to do that. I am. And, you know, I'm still having fun hunting the giant robot dinosaurs. Like, I don't want to take that away from this game because that is the coolest thing this game has going for it. Right. So if you like a modern open world game, like and you like this setting, and it sounds interesting to you, you'll you'll like this game, I think, for the most part. Does that make sense? Do you have any yeah. questions about it? I think those are kind of my main thoughts. Uh, it's it's kind of like I'm thinking about
1: this with the stealth and range and all of that. And it reminds me of Zelda, actually, whenever it gives you all of your abilities up front and trains you to use them individually. And then you go into these put the puzzle rooms in the in the temples and the shrines, rather, and you have that's how you learn how to to actually combine them. But it's kind of slow and subtle that way where that like when I was on eventide Island and balanced myself on a tree that I'd cut down to stand in the water and throw the orb onto the altar. And your response was, why didn't you just, why didn't you just freeze the water and jump onto the platform? And, I forgot that I could do it where it's just the unique ways of having to do it that I wasn't taught to do it that way. So that wasn't what I thought about. And that's kind of what this reminds me of where it's, it doesn't necessarily telegraph it. And there wasn't that subtle way of learning to do it through the shrines where it didn't have puzzles that taught you to combine them.
0: And there's a couple other things in this game that I just don't think are messaged well to the player, even though they're interesting. Like I looked them up online and like, a big part of this game is you can break different components off of the giant robot dinosaurs. And it doesn't really go out of its way to tell you that that's a thing. Hmm. And even when it kind of does, it still doesn't explain how you should go about it or like how to do it. And there's a couple other things like that too. Like there's a few, no, well there's a lot of things, a lot of robot dinosaurs that have elemental weaknesses and I was using elemental attacks on them and it didn't seem to be doing anything And actually, what you have to do is keep using the same elemental attack over and over until it fills up this little icon above them, and then it works. So it and those are just a couple examples. But it's like these little things where it's not clear when you're messaging to the player and it could be much, much better. So, again, it's a good game. Like it's solid if you like open world, like that modern open world kind of Ubisoft style of game. Um, right and the setting appeals to you you should probably give it a shot and if you haven't played zelda play this one first because i think zelda is revolutionary and i don't want you to be disappointed the way i was um at this point i don't know if i'm going to finish it i'm almost to the point where one of my friends said make sure you play until this point i'm almost there and at that point i might just kind of set it down and wait for the sequel I feel like if they take a second swing at this universe, it could be a lot better.
1: But that's gonna be years from now. See, I can't even imagine doing that. Where it's like, I'll wait for the sequel, but that's gonna be like two years, and
0: Yeah, I'm. But I mean, if I'm just if it's not clicking with me, I'm not having fun, and I yeah. have other stuff to watch and play. Like I'm gonna set it down. That's what I do with true. games now. If they're really not grabbing me, that's true. Yeah. So I'll report back next week. I think by this time next week I will have decided whether I'm pushing through to the end of this game or whether I have set it down and moved on. So you guys will find out by about this time next week. With that, that's probably the end of the show. It was nice. It was nice to have a real show. <laughs>
1: it was think? it was so nice to be able to just sit down and things
0: are normal
1: and just yes. do this.
0: It's like this is
1: this routine is just it's just so
0: happy time. It's soothing. Okay. You guys can it write is soothing. This one. Comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek 2 Cast. We also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit. And I know there's one going right now for Guardians of the Galaxy 2 that Rob started. So jump over there to reddit.com slash r slash geek to geekcast
1: And remember, folks, that we are part of a podcast network. So if you are not listening to each and every one of our shows, you can go to
0: geek2geekcast.com and see if we have anything that tickles your fancy. We I blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter.
1: And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beige, and I blog at geekfitness.net which will be migrating to bjkeaton.com soon. All the content is there as well.
0: Nice. We've been voiding and Beej with your Geek Geek Podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, Geeks.
1: Bye! Bye!
0: <laughs>
1: Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek, and this is Liam, the the languishing lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of the Comic Box, part of the Geek to Geek podcast network. So join us. Bop bop.
0: <laughs> oh yeah.